Lily and Vasquez with Lifestyles on KVCR. Thanks for listening. On today's show, I'll speak with Zaylin Cano, Executive and Artistic Director of Inland Pacific Ballet. Zaylin talks about the history of the Dance Academy that's located in Montclair and the notable dancers who have trained there and eventually returned to teach the next generation. One of the most popular traditions for this season is the Nutcracker, and the Inland Pacific Ballet has performances throughout the month of December in Ranch Cucamonga, Claremont, and Riverside. For those who are familiar with the production, and for first-timers alike, Zaylin paints a picture of what to expect as the Nutcracker comes to our region this holiday season. Here's my conversation with Executive and Artistic Director of Inland Pacific Ballet, Zaylin Cano. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Okay, so one of the most traditional productions this time of year is that, of course, of The Nutcracker. And we'll talk about the many performances that will be coming this month. But first, I'd like to learn a little bit more about Inland Pacific Ballet. So share the history of the ballet organization there and its early beginnings and perhaps its mission. Yes, so Victoria Koenig and Kevin Myers first founded the company in the Inland Empire to bring full-length classical ballets to audiences out here. But the need first was to train local dancers in the community. And as they had started to train the dancers, they realized that there was also a need to have a professional ballet company in this area to service it and to provide work for professional dancers up and coming, high-quality professional apprentice trainee training program, and of course, um, bringing their main mission of full-length classical ballets in the Inland Empire. And one of the fantastic little uh, tidbits is I actually was in one of the first productions of the Nutcracker that they ever did, and I received my early training from Victoria Koenig and Kevin themselves. Well, that is very cool. So, you know, the Nutcracker is obviously a December thing. What does the company do all year round or work towards? What are some of the other things that go on there? Just to give people a paint a picture of what really goes on at your facility. Yes, we have been thrilled to expand our season. So we start in the fall with a fall fest, bringing all of our dancers back from their summer projects and um, training. They train internationally and nationally. And we come back and we do kind of a montage of different classical and neoclassical works. And it's a way to kick off the season and get our donors and our community back engaged with us. And then that leads to the Nutcracker and our holiday family tradition, which brings, you know, our families of our dancers, the families in our community, and the families of all of our staff and employees. We all come together and, you know, it becomes you know, a year after year tradition for all those involved in to see it. And then that leads into our newest kind of collaboration where we've teamed up with Candlelight Pavilion Dinner Theater and are going to produce our ballet musical, which has become a tradition in March, where we present a known musical, but all of the dancing elements, we use our professional ballet dancers and integrate corps de ballet movement. And this season, we're doing Beauty and the Beast. So we're thrilled to bring that to audiences. And then that follows with the conclusion of our season, which is a more traditional fairy tale classical ballet. And this year, we're doing Cinderella. Well, very good. I love that there's a bit of a variety there. Now, is ballet the only thing, I know it's in the name, but is ballet the only thing that's taught there? Are there other dances that are taught there? What goes on in the classrooms? 
Yes, absolutely. So our academy is vibrant and thriving. It did start with classical ballet and um, modern and contemporary dance um, started to filter in as more neoclassical works developed. And then uh, Victoria actually reached out to myself and my husband to bring musical theater in because she saw a need for young emerging artists to broaden their professional experience and opportunities, but also the need of them to learn how to act and sing so that could translate into their classical work on stage because there is the classical technique and vocabulary, but there's also the acting component to relay the message to the audience. So the Academy trains Broadway skills with acting, singing, tap, jazz, and then of course our classical and contemporary side with ballet technique, Pilates, stretch and conditioning, point work, variations, pas de deux, you know, so pretty much the full plate of all the dance styles come together. We even have hip hop instructors. <laughs> it's really a vibrant place. Oh, an acro aerial this year with cert training. Wow. It's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, and what ages participate at your school? We have pre-ballet three-year-olds, and we see their training all the way through high school graduation and 18 years old. At that point, we have a new creation, IPB2, a second company for those transitioning to college but still want to train and perform. And then we have our professional company of dancers. And then we also have our teen adult program for those that have, you know, all the way up to their 80s, even 90s, coming in (laughs) to do ballet class or tap, too. (laughs) Very cool. Did your numbers increase or did more people get involved because of Dancing with the Stars or any of the dance shows that are on television? Did that encourage people to say, I want to give that a try? Did you see any numbers or change in that way? You know, it's funny you mentioned that show because actually our lighting designer works on that show, um, Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> um, so we're very familiar with that. But I think, you know, what the interesting thing is, yes, we did see a bit of an increase, but mm. what I liked is the conversation it started, both with Dancing with the Stars and So You Think You Can Dance. Right. All of a sudden, there was a conversation about the different types of dance. So, you know, what was contemporary and jazz and lyrical versus ballet and tap? And what are those different forms and how do they meld together? And what is contemporary today versus contemporary dance 10 or 15 years ago? So I think it broadened that conversation. And in our audiences, we saw a lot more engagement and even just in the lobbies mingling with the dancers, actually them being able to articulate and be more engaged in the performance with the technique and the artistry that was going on. Well, that definitely makes sense. And it's nice that there is showcasing of dancing on television. And some of those shows have been running for quite a while. I know Dancing with the Stars has been on for, what, 15 years or so. So that's pretty cool. Let me reintroduce my guest is Zaylin Kano. She's the executive and artistic director for Inland Pacific Ballet. Now, I want to talk about the instructors that you have there and maybe their background and their professionalism. Yes, you know, it's so fantastic. Our teaching staff is just so well-rounded and in the community and in the industry. We have Kelly, who trained with Inland Pacific Ballet, then went to National Ballet of Canada and had a career and came back. We have Brandon Jay, who is actually currently a tenured faculty member in the dance department at UCR and also teaches at RCC. There are several of us that teach at local community colleges, Citrus College, Chafee College, Pomona College. And then, 
we have instructors that are, you know, well-versed in like CERT skills and they come and teach our students acro-aerial and silks and, you know, juggling and hand-walking and all these other really cool tricks that they've learned on the road. Just this past summer, one of our students, Lauren Boyd, she's been touring with the show Hamilton, is actually in Hamilton on Broadway right now, as well as touring with West Side Story. She came and did um, master workshops with our students and how to, you know, prepare their resumes and get ready for auditions in the industry. And we had um, students come back from Boston Ballet and from SAB, School of American Ballet, New York City Ballet. They came in guest taught in our summer intensive program. But the cool thing is they're coming from these places, but they started right here at Inland Pacific Ballet in the Inland Empire. You know, it's so nice to have such an organization right here in the Inland Empire, not having to drive into Los Angeles or go to other big cities, but being right here in our Inland Empire community for our youth to experience here in our backyard. I was going to ask you to share some of the success of your students. I think you kind of covered it, unless there's some that maybe specifically you can highlight of students that trained here and have gone on to do I'm going to say bigger, bigger things. Are there some success stories you can share? Absolutely. You know, and I did mention that just a little bit ago, but um, in particular this season, what is really cool is the first year I came back to ballet mistress, one of the students, Mirene Dawn, got the role of Clara and it was so great to see her and grow in that with her acting skills. And then she got invited to the school of American ballet, which is the training ground for New York city ballet. And she has risen through the ranks really fast. And she actually just got promoted to principal dancer with New York City Ballet. And she is coming out here back to Bridges Auditorium to perform Sugar and bringing a guest dancer, Peter Walker, with her as Cavalier. So that is, you know, a tremendous success that we're so proud of. And we have another student, um, Lauren Collette, same thing. She was Clara and performed with us for many years, got invited to the School of American Ballet, and is currently a soloist with New York City Ballet. And then we have two students that are leaving right after we finish this Nutcracker run to go train at the School of American Ballet. So that's been a really cool kind of cultivation process. Then, like I was saying, with Lauren Boyd, with Hamilton and West Side Story, and we've got Lorenzo Dunton with um, North Carolina Ballet and Atlanta Ballet. I think Alyssa is there now. And we've had you know, students dance with Colorado Ballet, Pacific Northwest, Houston Ballet, San Francisco Ballet, mm-hmm. Boston Ballet. I mean, the list just goes on and on. It's, it's really exciting. That is exciting for sure. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Lifestyles on KVCR. When we return, I'll continue my conversation with Zaylin Kano, Executive and Artistic Director for the Inland Pacific Ballet, and we're going to talk about The Nutcracker. I'm Lillian Vasquez. Stay with us. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Lifestyles on KVCR. I'm Lillian Vasquez. I'm speaking with Zaylin Kano. She is the executive and artistic director for the Inland Pacific Ballet. Okay, let's talk about the 29th season presentation of The Nutcracker. Now, 
for some of us who may have never seen The Nutcracker, myself included, shame on me, share the storyline. I know you mentioned one of the characters when you were talking right now. So share the storyline of what The Nutcracker is all about. Yeah, so there's different versions and different names for the characters. But in our version, the Stahlbaum family is having their big party of the year. And they invite guests to come and partake in the festivities And two of their kids are Fritz and Clara, and they have an uncle Drosselmeyer who attends the party, and he kind of brings the magic with him. He brings toys to the kids. He brings life-size dancing dolls, and he brings a special gift for Clara, the Nutcracker, and she gets it. And at the party, Fritz is a little troublemaker, so he eventually ends up breaking the Nutcracker. And Drosselmeyer has to put it together. Um, But he gets to do that before the party ends. And then as the party ends, Clara goes to bed and the guests leave. But then she sneaks downstairs in the middle of the night to check on her nutcracker. And as she goes and checks on it, suddenly big mice start to appear around her. And that's when the magic starts to happen and Drosselmeyer re-enters and we call it the transformation scene. Her house gets transformed into this big battlefield where the mouse king and the nutcracker battle. And Clara witnesses this. And we've got miniature soldiers and big mice telling the story. And then of course the nutcracker perseveres and wins and the mouse king dies. And Clara is very sad about this. But during this process, the nutcracker actually turns into a prince. And he takes her on this journey through the snow, and that's where we see the snow scene, which is one of the most iconic corps de ballet numbers in the ballet. And from the snow scene, that takes us into Act Two, which, you know, the snow scene, we have magical snow on stage and lots of beauty and spectacular with the light effect of it snowing. And then in Act Two, um, the Nutcracker Prince takes her to the land of the sweets. And she meets the Sugar Plum Fairy. And in the land of the sweets, we visit all these wonderful tidbits from around the world. So we have the Spanish scene and dancers from that and the dragon. We have a huge dragon that comes out on stage and they do traditional Chinese dragon work. And we have the Merlitons and Waltz of the Flowers, the big mother ginger where little kids come out of the big dress and uh, gingerbreads and candy canes dance for us. And then the tray pack, which is always a a crowd pleaser with lots of tumbling and acro that comes from Russia. And then it takes us to the sugar plum and calf, pot Mm. and variation. And all this culminates in all of these dancers say goodbye to Clara. And we end up back in her living room with her toy nutcracker. Wow. Zaylin, you describe that so beautifully and so engaging. Your passion just fills the room with how much you you must love this show and your performance. Thank you for painting such a beautiful picture. Now, I'm wondering, maybe those that aren't particularly know about the ballet or care about the ballet or enjoy the ballet, do you ever hear people say, I would have never gone to this, but I love this, or this isn't something I normally would do, but I really enjoyed it? What do you hear from people that may not be huge ballet fans? You know what? We hear this all the time, especially from families that come that are worried about their young children being able to sit through it. They say how engaging and what a great first experience to ballet it is because it's so vibrant and there's so many different scene shifts. And, you know, we hear from 
people who maybe have attended other ballets that say this one didn't put them to sleep, but they walked out <laughs> the tune. And, you know, so that's always really good to hear. And, you know, we hear that the thing that I think brings the most warmth to our hearts is when they leave, you know, saying, I can't believe that we could see this right here and we didn't have to drive to L.A. Or we've been traveling miles to see Nutcracker performances and this lives up to all of our expectations and it's right here. So it's really a show to come out that's family-friendly, all ages of engagement. And, you know, it's not too long. It's not too short. It's a great just experience all around. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the idea or the thought that parents would worry if their children could sit through it. You know, maybe asking someone to sit through or a young one to sit through something, I'm guessing it's about an hour and a half maybe with an intermission somewhere in there. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But I I would see how parents could be concerned if their child could really enjoy it. And based on your description, I, I think they really could. Yes, and can I share a, a really quick tip? Please. We were fortunate enough to get this grant from the Rancho Cucamonga Community Arts Foundation to take it a step further to actually go into the classrooms. And we just did this um, the week before Thanksgiving. And one of the classrooms that we went into was a classroom of TK students, and there was 45 of them. And, you know, we were told, oh, they won't be able to, you know, engage for an hour. And they hung with our characters mm-hmm. and danced and we're engaged for the whole hour. And they're coming actually tomorrow to see the show here at a school show. And the teachers were just so impressed. And they say they bring their TK students every year and they have no problem sitting through the performance. Oh, that's terrific. Okay. You know, Zaylin, you've come full circle. You began your dancing training at Inland Pacific Ballet. Then you would go on to study and train in England, create your own dance company, and teach all the while continuing to perform. Tell me about your early years in Inland Pacific Ballet and just your passion for dancing and performing. Yes, absolutely. You know, I feel so fortunate to have actually grown up here in the Inland Empire because right at the fingertips was Inland Pacific Ballet and Candlelight Pavilion. And so kind of these two favorite loves of mine, you know, dance training and performing were right here with early exposure. So You know, I attended the summer intensives here with Inland Pacific Ballet with the training, and I also augmented that with, you know, tap and jazz. And what really did it for me was that first Nutcracker experience because, you know, and I hear this even from some younger parents, you know, oh, my kids just don't connect to ballet, you know, because it moves a little slower. And I always tell them, you know, don't worry, it'll click one day. And, you know, that same story happened for me until I had my first Nutcracker experience I was kind of iffy about classical ballet. You know, I was Mm. more musical theater Mm. and jazz. And then I had that first Nutcracker experience and I was hooked. After that, I was hook, line, and sinker in. And that led to immense training in classical dance with Inland Pacific, but also, you know, with Rambert in England and Lines Ballet in San Francisco. And I just dove deeper and deeper in. But the one great thing was that I had this classical training, but I also had this musical theater background. I, you know, started doing shows at the Candlelight um, very early on and had quite an extensive musical theater resume. And so those two things combined really led me to have a diverse teaching knowledge and also a diverse professional career because I had all these different skills in my back pocket. And so, you know, that's when I started to work for Stiletto Entertainment on Hall of America Cruise Lines, too, with Barry Manilow. Nice. And, 
got to use all those skills with that too. So, you know, I, I feel immense joy that I've been able to come back and raise my family here and bring all of this knowledge that I've gained from the skills, though, that I first started learning at Inland Pacific Ballet that led me to these other opportunities nationally and internationally. And then back here and try to bring that back to this community is rewarding beyond words can explain. Well, I love that you've uh, really come full circle in your learning and then bringing it home to us to to share with others. Now, because Inland Pacific Ballet is a nonprofit, and I'm guessing like any nonprofit, there's fundraisers, and you raise funds by your performances, I'm wondering, do you use volunteers? Are volunteers ever needed at your facility? Oh, my goodness, yes. We rely heavily on volunteer support. Like you said, you know, we are a nonprofit, so, you know, our main fundraising event is at the beginning of the year, but, you know, that only goes so far. And so our volunteers, we have a whole volunteer team that helps us with our wardrobe. They help sew the costumes and help keep them in tip-top shape for each performance. Our biggest fundraising event of the whole year is our merchandise boutique at our performances. That is 100% volunteer run and manned, and they just do a beautiful job with that, we have volunteers backstage with the students helping load in and load out our sets or helping construct sets when we need. We have volunteers, you know, from bigger organizations like Disney and Universal that will come and help volunteer their time so we can try to bring this magic to our audiences because it is hard as a nonprofit classical ballet company to make it all come together and keep it going. Yeah, I can imagine. Now, you did say your family's involved as well. Is that Tell me how your family plays a part at the Inland Pacific Ballet. Well, my family plays a part in many different ways. My two boys actually are in the acro aerial um, athletics side of classes, and uh, one of them actually has started being involved in our musical theater shows as well. But um, my husband is a musician, and he composes music. We just did a musical ballet that he composed from scratch called Lily Potter. It was presented last year as a workshop performance, and he music directs some of our shows with me. And then my dad, actually, my dad <laughs> was um, on stage doing Nutcrackers a Party scene when I was growing up, but he does security at all of our theaters. He's our security guy, and they call him Mr. Zalen. <laughs> He's my dad. And so, and then my mom comes in and helps. She does food runs for the crew. Um, so it's a family <laughs> affair for sure, isn't it there? Yes. So the Inland Pacific Ballet will present the Nutcracker throughout the month of December at the Lewis Family Playhouse in Rancho Cucamonga, Bridges Auditorium in Claremont, and the Fox Performing Arts Center in Riverside. Check out their website for dates, times, and locations. Zaylin, thank you so much for your time. It's been a joy speaking with you. Likewise. Have a very happy holiday season, and we hope to see you at one of the shows. For more information about Inland Pacific Ballet and their upcoming performances of The Nutcracker, visit us at kvcrnews.org lifestyles and click on today's show. In addition to The Nutcracker Ballet, KVCR's Sharina Wad shares more holiday events happening around the Inland Empire this month. You'll hear sleigh bells ring throughout the region starting this weekend. San Bernardino County Museum's Winter Wonderland Workshop is Saturday, December 9th from 1 to 3 p.m. 
The museum will provide materials for visitors to make gingerbread houses and intricate snowflakes in this all-ages workshop. Museum galleries will be open during the event. The San Bernardino County Museum is located at 2024 Orange Tree Lane in Redlands. The City of Ontario hosts the Christmas on Euclid experience with ongoing events throughout the month. Their annual craft fair and festival at Ontario Town Square is this Saturday from 10 to 5 p.m. And on Thursday, December 14th is the annual Menorah Procession at the R. Jack Mercer Community Bandstand. The event begins at 6.30 p.m. Upon the lighting of the menorah, a car procession will begin. The event is intended to promote the concept of carrying light in the darkness as part of the celebration of Hanukkah. The Ontario 5K Reindeer Run and Rudolph's Dash Fun Run are on Saturday, December 16th at 8 a.m. Participants can run or walk the 5K and the Rudolph's Dash geared toward younger participants is suitable for families with strollers or anyone who wants to join. In Rudolph's Roundup area afterward, kids can participate in exercise activities and craft booths. It's the beauty of living in Southern California during the holidays, outdoor fun and physical activity. The craft fair, menorah procession, and 5K reindeer run are all part of the Euclid experience in Ontario. More information about all these events at OntarioCA.gov. And in Riverside, there are several Breakfast with Santa events. The dates and times are Saturday, December 9th at 9 a.m. in Villegas Park, Saturday, December 9th at 9 a.m. in Reed Park, and Saturday, December 16th at 8 a.m. at the Orange Terrace Community Center. The event is hosted by the Riverside Police Officers Association. The 19th annual Hanukkah Festival is Monday, December 11th in front of the Riverside Historic Courthouse in downtown Riverside from 6 to 8 p.m. Organized by the Chabad Jewish Community Center of Riverside, it will include the lighting of the menorah, live music, traditional foods, and entertainment. The downtown Pomona District Christmas Parade is this Saturday from 5 to 9 p.m., and the next morning at 7.30 a.m. is the 15th annual Holiday Half Marathon, beginning at the Fairplex. Heading on over to Heritage Park in Rancho Cucamonga is a snowy hula day this Saturday, December 9th. Milikalikimaka wish Santa bon voyage as he heads to his Hawaiian vacation before he's due for Christmas present deliveries later this month. There will be sledding and snow play, crafts and photos with Santa from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. And in Temecula, join the holiday bike tour and ride through the Wolf Creek neighborhood to admire all the decorations. The tour is guided and you'll need to bring your own bicycle. That's Saturday, December 16th at 7 p.m. Now I know that's a lot of information to remember, but there will be links listed by city posted at kvcrnews.org slash lifestyles. Just click on today's show. Have fun, be safe, and happy holidays. For Lifestyles, I'm Sharina Watt. If you have a segment idea, share it with us. We'd love to hear what you're thinking would make a good segment on Lifestyles. All you have to do is go to kvcrnews.org slash lifestyles and click on Share Your Story Idea. That's our show for this week. To hear any of our past shows, check out our archives at kvcrnews.org slash lifestyles or listen to Lifestyles on the KVCR app. You can also listen to Lifestyles on your favorite streaming service. Search for Lifestyles with Lillian Vasquez and take the show 
on the go. Lifestyles is on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks to all who helped to make this show possible, including Sharina Wad, David Fleming, Sean Houlihan, and our executive producer, Rick Dulock. Our theme music is provided by Ethan Bortnick. Join me next week at the same time for Lifestyles with me, Lillian Vasquez. Bye for now. Bye.